These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs wants to help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. Penson already has Keandre Barker and Messiah Mickens in the fold for 2025 and 2026, but that doesn't mean the Nittany Lions are finished recruiting high caliber running backs. You are locked on Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on? Welcome into another edition of Locked On Nittany Lines. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And he has returned with the Locked On Podcast Network, and that is Brian Smith, recruiting analyst, host of Locked On Knowles, Locked On Seminoles. And Brian, thanks so much for coming back on to the show, a fun-filled show in terms of recruiting and that's precisely what we're going to talk about here is Penn State is not finished with recruiting running backs here. I, I thought with Keandre Barker in the fold, and then you already branch out in the 2026 with Messiah Mickens that things weren't going to be as interesting, but now they are. They're shooting for the moon here of trying to get the top prospects uh, for both right. classes. And then Penn State's got a future projection to land a four-star tight end in the class of 2025. So now, now it's really shifted. Yes, you want to keep your 2024 names very happy. You want them to get the sign on the dotted line. But really, the 2025 recruiting, uh, it started yesterday. So the fact that Penn State is making some more noise uh, in the class of 2025 is refreshing. And speaking of 2024, Ethan Grunkmeyer uh, has done very well to this point. We're going to talk about him in the second segment. But Messiah Mickens, class of 2026, running back Keandre Barker is in 2025. And Penn State, I, I thought that it, at least the plan would be to continue because you're still going to have a, a junior and sophomore counterpart, sophomore freshman, right? You can still have those running back duos. But Penn State's plan for every class from here on out is to get not one, but to at least two running backs to go along with what they like to do now with this dynamic duo of Nicholas Singleton, Katron Allen. It's going to be hopefully the trend continues with Quentin Martin and Corey Smith. And then who is it after that? Keandre Barker. And then you got to wait for Messiah Mickens. So now we look at the class of 2025 here. They're targeting Tyke Hayes out of Aliquippa. And then they're going to the stars for this one. He is arguably him and Messiah Mickens are neck and neck when it comes to the best running back prospect in the class of 2026. Savion Hyder. For, for you, Brian, which one's more important? Is it to make sure you get that 2025 prospect so that you have the duo since that's closer? It's one year, one year closer, or is it really getting the first and second best prospects? However you want to phrase it, 1A, 1B between Mickens and Hyder for 2026. I would say you're good either way. <laughs> Number one, yeah. they're both really good players, and it's like six one way, a half dozen the other. I think they're just different styles. The young man from Aliquippa will run over you while you're talking about another young man who could make you miss in a phone booth. They're totally different players. Okay. The 26 player, as you would expect, not as refined physically, mm -hmm. but at the same time, he could play receiver. He could play DB. Okay. He could play running back. He's not built yet, but a lot of speed. I'd imagine he's run track or played baseball, done other things. He's such an athlete. Well, the other young man just wants to bludgeon people and he'll occasionally make somebody miss, but he is an old school Penn State running back. Yeah, I see that a lot with Hayes, and I've watched a little bit of Aliquippa football, okay, they're here in the state of Pennsylvania. I saw them in the state championship, and Hayes is, 
I would say if you had to compare him to a current Penn State running back, he's closer to more of a Katron Allen. He's more of the thunder than he is the lightning. And that's okay. That's what Keandre Barker, I mean, Keandre Barker actually has drawn comparisons to Saquon Barkley. And he says that's what he wants to model his game after. So, so there you have it now, that thunder and lightning, thunder and lightning to continue. But I feel like Messiah Mickens, if you were able to combine the two between Mickens and Hyder in a perfect world at Penn State, I mean, that's just almost downright unstoppable if they reach, if they reach their full potential. Well, I mean, when you rotate running backs of that level, yeah, it's pretty difficult to slow them down. That's not any news flash. So Hyder is unique because he could play so many spots, but mm-hmm. if you put him in the game at the same time, Maybe one shifts out because I think both could do it. Shifts out to yeah. slot. You know, you could run some play action and throw them screens. The endless mind games you could have with defensive coordinators. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I think we're going to see a lot more 22 personnel out of a Mike Yersich offense this upcoming season here in 2023, which means two running backs and two tight ends on the field at the same, or two wide receivers and two running backs on the field. That's your personnel. And then you have the 12 personnel or excuse me, the tight ends, right? Uh, Where you have two running backs, two tight ends. And then when you have 12, that's one running back and two tight ends. So to see 22, well, that means that, yeah, you're going to have Singleton and Allen on the same time outside of that T formation, right? I'm thinking, that split shotgun backfield. You have Allen on one side, you have Nicholas Singleton on the other side. And then really for a defense, pick your poison. I, I don't know how you defend a fake sweep one way because you got to respect Katron Allen off tackle to maybe the left side, say he's at the right hip of Aller and goes to the left tackle. And then Nicholas Singleton leaks out of the backfield. You fake it to Allen, you dump it off to Singleton in open space. How, how do you defend that? You got to have a lot of athletes. That's, that's just team speed and recruiting, and you got to win up front. The, the best way to slow down running backs is to dominate up front, but very few teams are going to dominate Penn State's front. You know. Yeah, at this point at this point in time, right, maybe five, five six years ago, that's a different story. Uh, yeah. Here in the present and for the future, Penn State yeah. has one of the best O-lines in the Big Ten. Yeah, I would say so. Outside of a team like Georgia or something, there are very few teams that can compete with Penn State's front. So I like I like Hayes to compliment Keandre Barker. Now, kind of like you said, he's more of that. He's more of a power type of back. Of course, he's going to get faster. He's going to get stronger. But Penn State does like to have those compliment complementary styles. They don't want to be uh, a certain type of running back all across the board. They do want. Hey, we need a third and third and two. Who's getting the football here? You know it's going to Hayes hypothetically, right? And you know it's going to Katron Allen. How are you going to stop him? And then. Uh, you got to bring a safety down in the box to stop a Nicholas Singleton home run type of touchdown. Uh, but then you don't have somebody on the back end in case he gets first uh, by your first and second levels of defense. So that's kind of the idea that Penn State's working with. But I say aim for the stars, right? If you can get, I don't care if they fit. Well, this guy's a certain type of speed running back. If they fit, if they're the top all-purpose running back, take them, right? Take take 100%. Savion Hyder uh, and Messiah Mickens. If they're one and two, don't say, well, because they're similar types of backs, we're going to pass on them. That's like saying, well, Saquon Barkley had a clone. We're not going to take him because he's the same person. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's not that hard. Take the talent. The talent will find its own way, whether it's at running back or someplace else. Don't worry about it. Take the talent. So it has yet to be seen. It's just when you look at, so first, why there's interest from Penn State to Savion Hyder. I mean, he's got, oh, he'll have Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, right? All of the SEC, all of the Big Ten, Michigan, Ohio State is going to be recruiting him. He's out of Virginia, but 
He has said some good things about Penn State, even though they have Messiah Mickens committed in the fold. So that is really telling that one of the top running backs in the country, whether it's Mickens or Hyder here, I think it's going to be Mickens at the, at the end of the day. I think he will be the number one running back in 26, and Hyder will probably be number two, as low as three. That's the basement here. But he's said good things about Penn State in interviews, and he likes the Nittany Lions. So that's that's all I'm going to say. Never, it's I, you want. I, I understand you want to be the feature back in the face of that offense uh, as a high school turning into a college football player, but that's that's saying something that Penn State has built that re mutual respect with top running back prospects, even though it is crowd. It's crowded. It's okay. I mean, if kids don't want to compete, you take the next kid. Yep. That's. I mean, that's what Paterno would would have said internally. I guarantee it. Yeah. And I, I understand that you need kids that want to compete if you want to elevate your program. I would be shocked if Hyder is not one of those guys. He makes guys look really bad. I highly doubt he's too scared of competition. Brian, let's stick with the prep talent in just a second here. Ethan Grunkmeyer looks like a top quarterback in the country. That's right. I said it. People thought he was a lowly three-star. He's definitely not that. We're going to discuss in just a second. I want to thank our sponsor of today's episode, and that is LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business and want to be 100% certain. 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It is easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs and add your job and the purple hiring frame to let candidates know that you are, in fact, hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills, just the right amount of experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And Locked On Nittany Lions is your go-to podcast for happyvalleyinsider.com. Penn State Rivals, a part of our last segment, is courtesy of the reporting and the projections that they've done for a certain four-star tight end to commit to Penn State's class of 2025. So Brian and I are going to discuss that in the final segment. Someone who's committed to the class of 2024, Ethan Grunkmeyer. Before I get to that, Lockdown's got something very cool coming up here. Every single Friday, we are amping up the college football coverage here at Lockdown. And with college football back, tune in for Locked On Live. Locked On's going to go live with Locked On College Football Live, where they're going to cover football playoff, college football playoff implications, the college football rivalry, rivalry games go in depth, like only Locked On can, including analysis and insight from the stable of Locked On College talent. Rhyme, that's one. That's you. That's me. Uh, find Locked On College Football Live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. And don't forget to become an everyday or subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Same thing with Brian's show over at Locked On Seminoles, Locked On Knowles uh, here. But subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lions as well. Let's get back to it, Brian. Ethan Grunkmeyer has showed out to this point. Uh, the Penn State commit was was essentially an afterthought by the I don't want to say the majority of people but 
some of those who were misinformed about, about what Ethan Grunkmeyer has done to this point. I mean, he's 2-0. and He actually beat Medina, which is Drew Aller's old high school team, and they're very good, but of course they don't have a five-star quarterback anymore to go along with it. But uh, Ethan Grunkmeyer, uh, a team, for a team that finished below 500 a season ago, and now they're already 2-0 and to start, and that's courtesy of what Ethan Grunkmeyer has done through two games of high school football in his senior season. Yeah, I think he's a really good player. He, he did well at Elite 11. He came out beginning of his senior year, and he just started hitting passes. Throws from awkward angles on the run. He shows arm strength. He shows touch. He's just a kid that's a really good football player. It's ironic that he's right up the road from Ohio State, yet he's going to Penn State. But you know what? Good for the Nittany Lions. They found their man. Yeah, the – the disrespect is real because they did the same thing with Drew Aller. They they waited a long time. They offered him very late. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes in or if Ohio State comes in and they try to say, hey, Ethan, uh, we, we like what you're doing over. We're like what you're doing at your senior season. Why don't you consider us? And I th- I know for a fact that Ethan Grunkmeyer is all in on Penn State because he's still he's trying to recruit fellow high school players to go and commit to the Nittany right. Lions as well. He's doing some of the best recruiting for them at this point in time. That is a great sign. There's nothing like the obvious. It's not what you say, it's what you do. If the kid's trying to build other players around him, that is good for Penn State. I'm, I'm guessing he wants some wide receivers to join him, if I, if I were to guess. So good for him. He's, again, he's a good player. I think he could start pretty early in his career and he could be the next guy after hour. Yeah, that's uh, Jackson Smollett's getting a lot of respect here by, by James Franklin, at least over the, the late part of the offseason going into West Virginia, which is a good sign because at one point in time after seeing Ethan Grunkmeyer at the Elite 11 and just here it, seeing him at the regional held in State College in Pennsylvania, just, you know, OK, a hop, skip and a jump from Penn State's campus. Right. And then to see the highlights of him going out to California and competing with some of the best. He looked like a top 10 quarterback. And don't forget, Jackson Smolik was an elite 11 finalist as well. But I guess when the seeing is believing, I haven't seen as much of Jackson Smolik as I have of Ethan Grunkmeyer, if you can right believe that. I know he's on the Penn State team. But seeing right. those, that elite 11 performance by Ethan Grunkmeyer and gathering the film, gathering the footage, and I'm like, man, there seems like there's going to be a natural progression to go from Drew Aller to Bo Prabula to Ethan Grunkmeyer, and they skip over Jackson Smolik. But it's not to be disrespectful to Smolik. It's just how far that Ethan Grunkmeyer has come in such a short time. Sometimes it just happens differently in terms of the light coming on. Mm-hmm. There are certain kids that quarterback comes naturally, and there are other kids that have the physical tools, but learning all the nuances of playing quarterback is a lifelong learning skill anyway. Yeah. Guys in the NFL are still picking up stuff. It's hard. But there are kids that also use their natural talent and aren't afraid to to let it loose a little bit at an earlier age. For whatever reason, you can tell Gruntmeyer has taken a big jump from junior to senior. He was good, but now, I mean, he's Mm -hmm. he's definitely a much better player than he was. Different level, yeah. So I think he can play for any school in the country. That's saying something. Now, here is week one stats. Very impressive. And then he beat Medina, Drew Aller's alma mater, in, in week two. 24 of 34 in week one. 444 passing yards, four touchdowns, and he ran for 80 yards and scored a touchdown on the ground. That that dual threat capability. Now, we've talked to Ethan before, and Ethan has said, the everydayers will remember this, Ethan said that he is a dual threat, but he wants to see, he wants people to see him more as a pocket passer who can run. 
Well, that's kind of the traditional way you do it. You run when it's necessary, not because mm -hmm. you just want to. Passing yards are usually going to surpass rushing yards about every play. You just got to be patient, keep your eyes down the field and scan. But if they're going to give you a wide open running lane, by all means, yeah. sometimes it's just too easy. Take the 10 yards or whatever and get your first down and go back and, you know, start again. So, hey, that's a good sign as well. In the Big Ten, especially with other teams coming in like Oregon, SC, et cetera, that's just more athletes you're going to have to compete against. It's better for Gruntmeyer to at least have the ability to take off when needed. What does this do for his outlook, Brian? Because it, at first, unranked, not really respected. Okay, then he becomes a, a low three-star. Everyone says that Penn State settled for, for this kid. He, he's outside of the quarterback rankings. He's barely in the, the top 40. Some places barely had him in the top 30. And, and now he's someone that is closer to the top 10. Not everybody has him in the top 10, but ESPN does. ESPN almost has him has him closer to the top five than they do in the bottom 10. And then you look at on three arrivals, they have him somewhere at or near the top 10 as well. Can Grumpfire even elevate his status further? Can he put himself into a top five quarterback conversation for the class of 2024? Like who, how did Penn state find him like this? Well, there's, there's so many different recruiting services. It's not that difficult anymore, but at yeah. the same time, it's building the relationship. That's what I'm more concerned with. Franklin knows pretty much who everybody is by the time they're into their sophomore year. There are some late bloomers, but skill kids in particular emerge earlier in quarterback camps and quarterback gurus. It's not as hard. You still got to recruit them. You still got to put all in for player X. And in this case, Ethan Grunkmeyer, they, they did it. They got his commitment. And now it's pretty obvious they made a good choice. So they just got to keep on developing. And again, he could be the guy that comes right after Drew Aller when he takes off and heads to the NFL. So, yeah, this this is a good situation because if you don't win at quarterback, you're not you're not sniffing a national title, and that's Penn State's goal. So, I mean, you look at the teams that are winning, even the Bulldogs the last year. I mean, yeah, they got more talent in the trenches, but their quarterback had to bail them out of a couple of both games yeah. that they won to get there. If it wasn't for the quarterback play, you must be good at quarterback. I feel like James Franklin and Mike Yersuch could give investing advice as well. Buy low, get in from the ground level and ride the elevator right. all the way to the top and, well and don't, and don't sell high cash in. Right. Um, I, I've football recruiting is a little different than uh, wall street investing, but, but that's what Penn state has done with these past two quarterbacks. Drew Aller was a low three star. Everyone thought he was just some clunky, uh, tall, six foot five kid. They didn't see, no, not a lot of places saw at Ohio State right in their backyard. Just said, "Well, he, he's just a he's just a big body. He's not really that good of a quarterback." Refined his skills, and Penn State has a good relationship with, I imagine, Brad Mandler, who is the quarterbacks coach for both Ethan Grunkmeyer. Andrew Aller, but that that's the thing. Sure. Penn state has now struck gold with, uh, and I would say Jackson Smolik too, because he was someone who was a late entrant into the elite 11 finals. He was committed to Tulane and, and Penn state was able to flip him away from Tulane. And, and now look what you, you have uh, three elite 11 finalists as your next three quarterbacks in line here. That's saying something about what Mike Yersich and James Franklin have done. That's all you can ask. You, you try to fill the room with as much talent as you can, Zach, and mm -hmm. whatever player ends up at the top of the heap, you tip your cap. If somebody wants to transfer, you just go recruit another one. Now, you're always going to have attrition at quarterback in today's era. Just keep bringing in talent. The rest takes care of itself.
So now let's get to that four-star prospect that I've been teasing is projected to commit to Penn State's class of 2025. We'll still keep it with the class of 2024 as Tizier Denmark did in fact find a new home. We're going to discuss how that has all the, how that benefits Denmark in the long run. Brian, in this final segment, let's talk about that and lead off with Tizier Denmark to close this show. And Denmark, uh, unfortunately, was, was expelled from, it was academically ineligible. I don't want to say expelled. I want to get that right. He was ac- ruled academically ineligible at Roman Catholic High School, a very good football program. But he lands at just as good, if, if not better, uh, a MOTEP charter, which is always in or around the state championship in the state of Pennsylvania and, and latches on to a really good football program that will continue to hone in his skills and make sure that he ultimately gets to do what he needs to do, graduate and be better prepared for Penn state academically. This is the next step for him. You know, he needs to get out of high school with decent grades. He needs to really start focusing. Maybe the change in scenery will be good for him. I know he can play football, but if he can't go to class, it's not going to matter. He's got to go there and he's got to make an effort. And I'm sure he's going to be put through the ringer because I have a feeling they're going to be watching him pretty close. So He's got a great program. Like you said, he's going to have guys around him. Now it's just about him being motivated before he heads off to Penn State. Yeah, and Ken Wosley Jr., Kenny Wosley Jr. is on that team as well, so they can have that. And that's that's good. Iron iron sharpens iron, so I can only imagine what's going on in these Amotep Charter practices when you have two four-star skilled athletes going at one another. Tizier Denmark's right. a wide receiver, and Wosley is the cornerback. So those two guys are going – it's like it's almost like Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner for the – I, I got to bring it up because I've been watching the New York Jets hard knocks – uh, so Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson go up against each other in practice, and then their skills are ready for their opponent on Sundays. Absolutely. Well, the same thing's going to be in the case for Denmark and Wosley for Fridays, and then ultimately going into Saturdays. That's what it is. Practice is, is the key here, and mm-hmm. hopefully on and off the field for Denmark, it's going to help him. And you know what? Maybe he just did, he did need a, a new change in scenery, and this will kind of pull him out of the doldrums. But uh, good for him that he also gets reps that he couldn't have picked a better spot there. I mean, there's nothing like going up against another power five corner. And so Denmark wish him all the best. And it sounds like he's really landed on his feet and Penn state. This is where Penn state's recruiting is different from others. Penn state is standing by him, right? The Nittany lions could have said, well, we, and I'm not saying they would have done this or even thought twice about it. Right. But they could uh, other programs could have said, well, we're going to revoke your scholarship or you got to do something different or we're just not as interested in you. Penn State, uh, from what I've gathered, recruited harder. They made sure that they knew that they that Tizier knew that they were a support system. So that's where I want to finish that with is that Penn State tried to strengthen its relationship with Tizier Denmark rather than pushing him away when things seemed a little cloudy. And I think he's well on his way. And like I said, I wish him not, he's, he's still a kid. He's a senior in high school. So I wish him nothing but the best, uh, not, not here to criticize by anything. Circumstances happen. Uh, and it sounds like he's really landed at a good spot and projecting well to Penn state at this point in time. Let's get to the class of 2025 prospect. It's a, the t- it's a tight end. It is a tight end. It's a four-star tight end and Penn state has had, a really good recent track record with tight ends. Uh, Ty Hall has done an incredible job recently, but even going back further, Mike Kosicki, Pat Fryermuth, and then Brenton Strange gets taken in the second round. So now Penn State is quietly becoming uh, running back. Linebacker you, I'd start to argue that it's running back you because of what Franklin and J1 Sider have done. 
But tight ends up there as well, just with the, like I said, all these second round, third of these day two prospects that Penn State continues to churn out. Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren are projecting that way. And Brady O'Hara seems to be that next in line for Penn State's tight end production. Uh, six foot six, 240 pounds. He already comes in with a college football ready body. You look at rivals. We're going to go with rivals here. This is your go-to podcast for Penn state rivals. And he's a 5.7. He's a three star, but that's essentially a, a borderline four star. And he's going to be a consensus four star at the end of the day, when these rankings are finished, uh, he's now currently future casted. He's projected to Penn state to commit uh, in due time. We'll see. He's going to be on campus very soon for some Penn state football games. Brady O'Hara, I, I like this one, and another another good solid name to add to the class of 2025 to go along with what you already have in uh, Amari Gaines and Keandre Barker. I think it's a pretty good start there. Um, you, you always like getting the kids that are kind of local, the kids that have some history with the school or something else, especially when you can find big jumbo athletes early. They're really mm -hmm. athletic. Tight ends sometimes develop a little later. That's a good sign for them. And I think Penn State has done a great job once again. Uh, this staff, I can't give them enough credit. Yeah. They do a great job with the underclassmen and doing their own evaluations. Not just in PA, not just in West Virginia, Virginia, New York, but they do it across the country. Uh, you mentioned Cider. He does a great job in the state of Florida where I live. Yeah. And this is another great example of that overall. Find the kids, especially if they're local. I mean, they're probably mm -hmm. going to have an inkling to go to your school anyway and recruit them hard. Great job by Penn State. Yeah, he goes to North Catholic uh, in the Pittsburgh area. So that's what there we start we, when we st when we talked about Ty Key Hayes out of Aliquippa uh, in Penn State. Uh, the interest that they both mutual interest that they both had for the class of twenty twenty five. Okay, so yeah, they're not exactly on the same team, but they're from the same area, and then hopefully those two guys can can be teammates. Absolutely. Hey, man, right down the road from each other. I mean, Aliquippa is basically in Pittsburgh, so they they yeah. probably run across each other a time or two. I would imagine. Yeah, so Brady O'Hara, get to know him, six foot six prospect. Uh, not a consensus four star just yet, but as the rankings continue to update, more film comes out. You see these guys perform at these summer camps. Uh, to end, and look what they've already gotten with Luke Reynolds committed in the class of 2024. So I don't want to forget about him. And then Andrew Raplia, Joey Schlaufer. It's kind of what we said, Brian, about the running back position that the tight end position is, and they have the same kind of focus that ideally they would like to get two tight end commits every single class so that you have a Y and an H because you are going to see more 12 and 22 personnel because that's what, that's what works in a Mike Yersich offense. If that's what you want to run, that's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, you, it's interesting. They're doing that and they're trying to take these receivers in this class. I got a feeling they're going to take one or two in the next mm -hmm. would be my guess, but Numbers are numbers. If you want to run power football and you're getting this many running backs, you can get away with it. You just got to keep signing the high level guys, which obviously Penn State is on track to do so. One final time, Brian, subscribe to Locked on Nittany Lions, become an everyday or wherever you get your podcast on the YouTube channel. Same for Brian. Go check out Locked on Seminoles, Locked on Knowles. Like Penn State, they are top 10 in the country. They got a high profile matchup against LSU. Maybe if all things go well, Brian, for the 2023 season, Penn State could be seeing Florida State in a college football playoff. I, I mean, Florida State is never it, know. They got a they got a really good team, just like Penn State. I'm not I'm not sleeping on them, and I hope they challenge in the ACC. It's good to see Florida because there was that Joe Paterno, Bobby Bowden back and That's forth, right. right? The two best coaches in the country. So I, I do like that Florida State is kind of back, both Penn State and Florida State are back in the spotlight. It is kind of cool because when when I was growing up, they were two of the best coaches for a long time. Mm -hmm. 
And now the programs are really headed in the right direction again. And you're right. Maybe they do meet in the college football playoff. Certainly an option. I'd be really cool to see. And then we kind of expect your, who, who those other four will be. Uh, maybe we'll figure that out at another time, but I, I can see that I sit here confidently say, you know, I'd like a Seminoles Nittany Lions matchup as a, as a two, three, I could see that happening a two, three matchup between those two schools. Absolutely. Why not? They both have the quarterback play and they, they've got a lot of talented guys and they both built the depth of recruiting that that would be a fun matchup to watch. Brian, thanks for the recruiting analysis as always, the insight, and can't wait to do it again soon. Even though football is officially back, but recruiting, uh, it truly never sleeps. So thank you. Thank you very much. You all have a great day.